You're listening to Watching Friends on the HyperX Podcast Network. Welcome back to Watching Friends. This is Season 2, Episode 24, the one with Barry and Mindy's wedding. I'm Mark, and tonight all I wanted was to make it through this evening with just a little bit of grace and dignity. I'm Ryan, and I'm sorry, I don't have your sheep. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we've had uh, quite a few exciting weeks of Friends events and news happening. Yes. Uh, so, you know, we had uh, a bit of uh, uh, some revelations about the reunion that have come out. Uh, certainly we had, uh, you know, Monica, uh, Courtney Cox, uh, she was on, I think it's the, the Tonight Show of Jimmy Kimmel. I was on one of those shows. So many late night shows. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, she was talking about how she, uh, before Friends started, how, you know, we, we've all heard the story about how they were taken out by one of the producers, uh, to, to Vegas, uh, just before the first pilot aired. And you know they was the the famous story is you know they were told like this is going to be the last time that you're able to go out and no one knows who you are sort of thing. And she she basically expanded upon that and was like yeah we was taken out to to Vegas and we had dinner at Caesar's Palace. Nice. Uh, it's a very nice casino. Uh, I had dinner there, but it was a uh, TGI Fridays. <laughs> uh, was they went to to Spagol or something, uh, which I assume is a very fancy restaurant within there. Uh, it's, it's, it's a it's a lovely casino if you've never been, uh, and they was told like you know they had dinner there, and then they was told how um, they would be getting some money. So he basically the producer gave them like five hundred dollars each, I believe, to go and spend at the casino, and she basically talks about how she had the five hundred dollars and lost it within like two minutes on roulette. Yeah. On, on something called Rainbow Roulette. I don't know what Rainbow Roulette is, but she said like she did add up the numbers fast enough, and I'm like, I, I don't know what that is. I've no, not heard of that confusing. one. Um, and yeah, the, and the idea is that, you know, after this show comes out, they're never going to be able to go to Vegas again, and no one knows who they are. So it was like, I guess the producer was quite confident in all this, that they're, they're going to be absolutely huge and famous. So that's that's quite, quite cool and interesting. That is pretty nifty. And I certainly do think that you can look at things when they first start and be like, hey, this is going to be something i mean i just like the confidence of the producer like if i was in a show and the producer went right ryan your life is going to irrevocably change after this Mm. i would really like the confidence even if it didn't happen i would always remember that that producer had that much passion and confidence in his show the next time he called me went ryan do you want to be in a show i'd be like yes well i I guess that's the thing like he he had seen the pilot and gone you know this is going to be great and i think you can certainly look at some shows and films and be like i can see already this is going to be fantastic yeah and now it might be the audience doesn't pick up, up on it and it flops and it's like, you know, a, a hidden classic that obviously happens from time to time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I think you can look at the Friends pilot and go, that looks like a great show. Whereas other pilots, you're like, mm, maybe I can see where it goes. Let's see where it goes. And maybe it becomes better or maybe it doesn't, right? Mm, true. Uh, so, so certainly him having that confidence, I can see, see that happening rather than it just being, yeah, it's going to be amazing when it's terrible. You can tell what's going to be not so good, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a nice story, to be fair, of like, oh, you know, we got given some cash and told to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. Because that's, quite, that's a cool idea. Because they didn't have much money at the time anyway. Like, Courtney Cox maybe had a little bit, uh, but certainly like, the other guys maybe not so much. So, yeah, being yeah, it's not gave me $500 to gamble away. Yeah, we know Matt LeBlanc didn't have a lot of money no. when he booked the show. So, suddenly no. being like, here's half a grand. No. Just go check it at a casino. We'd have been like, what? No, exactly. 
And then we had another story um, from Larry Hankin, who's Mr. Heckles, and he was talking about the reunion and how, you know, he wasn't asked to be on it at first. And basically the, the article goes in depth to, to basically say that he, uh, initially he wasn't asked at all and he wasn't there. And he's like, oh, well, I'm not, not going on whatever, right? And then uh, I think one of the, the, the Friends producers was like, no, he's got to be on, let's have him on. And they came back at him with an offer and he's gone, nope, not big enough, not worth my time, which is, it's, it's kind of weird to me. Like part of me is like, yes, you should only be paid what you think it's worth it to you. Yeah. Sometimes I feel like you should do things even if you're underpaid because it's worth just being a part of them for the fans, basically. Well, I, I read the article too. And to me, it came across like he was upset that he wasn't initially invited. And then when he was invited and offered some cash, you almost was like, no, it's not enough out of yeah. like... A bit of spite, of spite I guess. And yeah. a, bit, a bit of hurt, maybe. Um, but, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Would every Friends fan watching that show like to see Mr. Heckles? Yes. If I was a producer of that content, would I look at Mr. Heckles and think, oh my God, that's a must-have character? Honestly, probably not. Well, I think that's the, the thing the article goes into a little bit is that a lot of the people who produce the reunion weren't part of like the Friends TV show before. Yeah. And they probably were just random execs and new people who might be friends of fans, might not be. Uh, and they're like, right, who should we have on board? Well, obviously we have the main people on board, right? Mm -hmm. Who else was like main? And as we know from doing this podcast, Mr. Heckles, like while he's like a well-known character, he's out of it by season two. Yeah. He's only in like two or three episodes, really. Um, and you're like, well, you know, who's the other iconic people? And you're like, well, you know, got like David and we've got Paul Rudd and other people, right? And obviously they picked and choose who, who they're going to use. Yeah. Um, and, and it seems to be like, yeah, they probably did look at it and go, well, yeah, he was in it for two episodes. Do we, do we really need him? And at the same time, they also argued saying, you know, we had uh, a lot of people on here. Obviously the show's meant to be about the main Friends cast. And, you know, we can't have everyone on who appeared in Friends because, you know, that would, one, take away from the Friends themselves. And two, you know, there's just too many celebrities involved. Like, it's too much to do. Yeah. And the first thought in my head is, did we really need David Beckham and Justin Bieber and all those other celebrities who had nothing to do with Friends no. on? I, I said, I've said this to you off, off mic before. Is I don't think that the production team behind the Friends Union, HBO, had enough faith in Friends and the reunion as a concept to carry itself. Because yeah. what to any Friends fan, obviously we're big Friends fans, so we're kind of the wrong person to ask, but we'd watch, if you say Friends reunion, we're like, yes, you don't need to tell me what's happening. You could watch, <laughs> would you watch, I would watch Matt LeBlanc chat to... <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Matt. I would love just uh, a series of him just sitting down just t just with stories. Yeah, no, no, no production value, just him sitting yeah. in a chair with stories. Matt LeBlanc reads today's newspaper and discusses what he <laughs> yeah. thinks. I would watch Matt LeBlanc do anything, but you could get any two members of the Friends cast, yeah. stick them on a show together, I'm going to watch it. Doesn't yeah. matter, it could just be David Swimmer and Jennifer Aniston share stories of season four and I'd be like, cool, I'm sold, how yeah. many hours have you got? I'd, <laughs> yeah. I'd watch it. But I feel like the production team are like, well, if you're not a massive Friends fan, yeah, you maybe we need, we need something to hook you, so I will put BTS in. Now, yes, BTS were there because they learned English through friends, or some of them did, and, and and that's like the famous story. So like, yeah, that's quite inspirational and quite cool. Lady Gaga, you know, had, did Smelly Cat, which was a cool bit, but 
a lot of the celebrities, I think most fans would have been perfectly happy with almost like an interlude, like advert breaks. Yep. So in, instead of breaking it up with actual adverts, just break it up with like, you know, you, you want to move from this bit to the next bit of the show. And then James Corden would go, we heard from some celebrities. How are they like friends? Yeah. And then you could have had like 30 seconds of Beckham being like, I like it. I like how I friend. I don't know why I've got this voice. Like, when I'm playing football or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I do think we could have had fewer celebrities and more guest stars. Yeah, because if, if that's their argument, it's like, well, take away those people who had nothing to do with it and put in you know the people who did but i feel like hba felt like they needed those celebrities to garner the attention yes which kind of makes them the wrong people to have done the reunion in the first place oh yeah. you did enjoy it i'm not saying it was a poor reunion i'm just like if with this kind of stuff comes out you are like well yeah any, any idiot who's a, a vague fan could have told you no have on the things that, that people are fans of yeah and, and you can say that for for any tv show or any fandom it's like give the fans what they want they don't want new stuff. They don't want random people who are not related. They want just the core things that they love. Yep. Um, so, yeah, so it's, it's very interesting. And it always surprises me that every kind of week we have some, like, more Friends news, considering there's nothing really to talk about, yet somehow there is always, like, a new interview or a new bit of gossip that comes out about something. Well, it's just, it's a testament to Friends as the show, isn't it? Like, it's still this relevant all these years later. And, you know, the reunion kind of kick-started that for a lot of people. Yeah. I know people who who watch Friends start to finish, back to back, constantly. Um, you know, like us. I know people that haven't watched Friends at all since it finished airing. I know people that will watch it when it pops up on telly. But everyone's talking about Friends again and Friends merch is all over the place again because it's absolutely huge right things like the reunion it's like well yeah I mean I know lots of people that are like oh, I don't really watch Friends I don't understand the faff and it's like well or, or saying oh How I Met Your Mother is much better than Friends and it's yeah. like 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 fine like if you weren't into Friends there's, there's reasons why you might not be but yeah Friends is as, as big as it ever was maybe bigger still right yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know if I'd say bigger, but it's it's harder to measure because the world's changed so much yes. in the time. I guess like back in the nineties when you know in terms of when you're watching Friends, it was that thing to watch on TV that week because there were only X amount of channels, especially in the UK, yeah. and you'd all go to the playground and chat about it or whatever you were you go in. Whereas now, ten million people could watch your show on a streaming service, and the rest of the world wouldn't know. Well, I, with, with that, I think we should get into this week's episode. So as I said earlier, it's the one with Barry and Mindy's wedding, uh, season two, episode 24, the final episode of the season. And uh, Ryan, we are at, can you guess? Tell me where we're at. Mm, the Smithsonian Museum of Science. <laughs> no. No. Um, where, where else could we be at? Are we, by any chance, at Central Park? Of course we're at Central Park. What a surprise. <laughs> yeah. uh, we always like, tend to start an episode at Central Park. Um, it, that's what it feels like, right? And I, I don't know if that's like a good or bad thing. Like in some ways you could be like, yeah, every episode could kind of start there and go off somewhere. But it is nice when we start somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, every time I start an episode, no, I always notice where it opens. And if it's not in Central Park or if at any point they're outside in wider New York, I'm like, Mark's happy yep. because <laughs> I know you like that. Well, anyway, uh, Joey has some good news for the gang. Incredible. I met the director this time, and you will never believe who it was. Who? All right, I'll give you one hint. Warren Beatty. <laughs> wow. Yeah, there's just one thing that might be kind of a problem. See, I, uh, I had to kiss this guy. Because he was just so darn cute? <laughs> no, as part of the audition. See, I'm up for the part of this guy who the main guy kisses. Well, hey, you're an actor. I see you, you just suck it up and you do it. 
or you just do it. <laughs> I did do it. I'm a professional. So what's the problem? See, after the scene, Mr. Beatty comes up to me and he says, good actor, bad kisser. So yeah, so Joey had an audition and the director was Warren Beatty. And yeah, I, I didn't know who this was either. Um, do you? Uh, yes and no. So I thought he had a chain of restaurants. <laughs> but, that's Warren Buffett. Yeah, but I realised that's Warren Buffett. Um, but I realised he is a uh, no. That's not Warren Buffett. Is an investor, and it's Jimmy Buffett that has oh, a chain of restaurants. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, so to say the name was last on me would be apt because it. I'm like who who. Um, yeah, because I wouldn't call him a director. It's like whilst he did direct, uh, he acted more than he directed. But you you might know him for the classic Dick Tracy in 1990. Nope. Nope. Uh, or was an actor in Bonnie and Clyde? You said Bonnie and Clyde, I think Beyonce and Jay-Z. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I at some point, I'm sure I'll be able to work out why, but that's what I think. But, you know, I feel like he was more known for his stuff in the 60s, but still, you know, it's another name for the, the Friends show. Uh, like, they'll pick out, and you're like, why that name? And I do wonder if it's a bit like the Simpsons writers who generally, being older, would write about stuff they enjoyed when they were younger rather than what was current. So in 1990, Warren is attached to just four films. Uh, so not the name I'd go for. It's like a current big person in the mid-90s. Yeah, it's just like, oh, okay. But I, I guess it's one of those, maybe it's one of those cultural things where, you know, he doesn't travel across the pond very well. And then, you know, Joey uh, has a problem, though, because he has, has to kiss a guy. Now, I really like how no one judges Joey at all for this, at all. Like, you know, they act like it's perfectly normal thing, which for 94, I guess is pretty progressive, right? Well, I guess it's the context, is that it's, it's an actor in a show. So everyone assumes that actors have to act. So it wouldn't be taken as this actor is now having their like sexuality questioned in the context of Joey kissing a bloke because he's acting. At the same time you say that, uh, the guy who was in The Dark Knight did Brokeback Mountain. Uh, Heath Ledger. Yeah, Heath Ledger, there we go. Like, when he did Brokeback Mountain, everyone instantly came out negative against him and was like, oh, he must be gay. And also a cowboy, because he's in a cowboy film. Yeah. Like, that one you can't act. No. So I, I do feel like, you know, the guys didn't, weren't like, oh, you're kissing a guy. Like, oh, you got to kiss a guy. Oh, whatever. Right? They, they act like it's absolutely nothing. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, is, is quite nice. But we do, we do get some jokes, though, like from Ross saying to, you know, just suck it up and <laughs> just do it. And, uh, you know, Joey did suck it up and he did do it. But the director said, you know, good actor, bad kisser. Um, is this some sort of like mirror world where Joey is somehow good at acting now? Like, you know, certainly, you know, he must think so because, you know, he thinks he's great at kissing. I mean, no one ever wants to be told that they're not a good kisser. Hmm. It's one of those things where everyone has their own kind of idea of are they good at it or, or not. Hmm. Um, because I'm British and erotic, I always assume I'm at best average at everything. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's different, isn't it? Like kissing someone or acting isn't the same as kissing someone romantically. No, it's not. And certainly you notice it in films because you'd be like, well, people don't kiss with their mouth kind of that open or whatever. And people are like, oh, there's no tongues or stuff like it's. I guess it's a, a romantic act that you've got to do unromantically, but sell it as being romantic. Yeah, I mean, because sometimes you'll watch a film and you'll see two actors kiss and you'll go, oh my God, what, the, what is this? Yeah. What am I watching? Yeah. Um, I mean, I can think of a couple of kisses from cinema history that stick out in my mind. Yeah, it's like, it's like they're eating their faces. What are they doing? <laughs> there's, there's Han and Leia's first kiss. 
right. in Star Wars. Um, and, you know, that's like, okay, that's like a passionate stream kiss. Um, and then I can't remember the, the character names, but there's the Sir Michelle Gellar what's-a-face kiss in Cruel Intentions that every teenage boy who watched that movie <laughs> will never, ever, ever forget. But that was like, Jesus Christ, that was like almost graphic. <laughs> um, and then you've got everything in between. Because um, I, I always think of uh, in James Bond, one of, the, one of the James Bond with Pierce Brosnan, uh, the I forget the actress's name, but like she has to slap him across the face, and she actually does a proper slap because she was annoyed with like how they kissed. Which film? Uh, it's I feel like it's got to be Tomorrow Never Dies. I don't think it's Goldeneye. What's the actress look like? I'm curious, I've watched I, a lot I, of I forget what it is, but, but I want to say Famke Jensen. She Russian in the movie. No, no, yeah. she's not Russian. I don't don't believe so. But but anyway, like she, it, it all came out later. Like she actually walloped him. It wasn't a, a screen slap. Or Will Smith slapped. Just it, full on tagged him. Yeah, because she was like, the way he kissed was like just so overly aggressive that when I slapped him afterwards, I could just put all my force into it. And like, you can see it on screen, like, <laughs> how, like, like how real it is. I so. mean, I guess it's like that weird disconnect, isn't it? Where it's like, he's he's acting and he's James Bond. Like, what is he, was it supposed to be in a great, like, how was it scripted? Like, do, do scripts go into that much detail? Like, it just feel like passionately kissed and then did he go too far or is it, you know, lightly smooch and he full on went for it? Like, yeah. I, I guess it's one of those weird, creepy things that you don't want to think about too much. Because there, there are certainly actors who are like, oh, we had to make uh, a love scene and it was very difficult because they were very attractive and obviously, you know, got to remain professional and stuff. So I remember seeing a, a, bit, a segment of the Graham Norton show that Samuel L. Jackson was on mm. and he says that he hates doing love scenes because, you know, sometimes you have to apologise because you've become excited but then if you're not excited, you feel like you've got to apologise. <laughs> he was basically saying that you can't win because something inappropriate or insulting is going to happen yeah. one way or the other and he just hates it. Well, Phoebe asks, uh, what does Warren uh, Beatty uh, know about kissing? Well, apparently Warren is notorious for being involved in several romantic relationships and it's been linked to over 100 different famous women. So I guess that answers that. Actually, that explains Monica and Chandler's expression at what Phoebe said, because I didn't know who he was, yeah. so I didn't know this context. So they, I'm like, huh? And then, then put a face, and I'm like, okay, I assume he kisses people. It all lost on me. Uh, we then have the intro of the show, and we're still at the coffee shop, and Joan has spoken to his agent. I assume on the phone, and uh, yeah, the, the kissing is an issue for the part. Uh, so he wants to see if he's bad, and... Phoebe sucks it up instead, and sorry, I mean steps it up, um, and kisses Joey. And, uh, you know, she's done it before, apparently, and now this is where we get some awesome fan theories, right, Ryan? No. Okay. I hate this whole Phoebe-Joey shipping malarkey. Really? Yeah. It, it, I don't like the idea that... Every time I see the post, it's like, I, yeah, Jerry deserves to be with someone at the end of the series because he was their greatest friend. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just like, no, like, stop trying to define his character by, or divine happiness by a relationship. It's weird. Well, there was always the, the storyline, you know, of Joey and Phoebe, like, being together the whole time in secret and it was going to come out in one episode. Yeah. I do kind of like the idea that they've been friends who maybe hooked up you know, once or twice, and it's just like never kind of goes anywhere. Uh, but you know, they're 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 friends and adults. But I I kind of like that that backstory of it's like yeah, we we did that, and it's just normal, right? Because fr friends do do that, where you know you're out for a night and you hook up, and then you're like, yeah, uh, it was fine, but you know, there's nothing further there, or we were drunk or whatever, right? So I guess I I, I kind of like that side of it. 
Uh, but, you know, it's, it's a pretty intense kiss, all told him. You know, Phoebe seems pretty pleased with his technique. And then Monica says, you know, perhaps he's not used to kissing men and tensed up a little. And this is when he starts looking to Ross and Chandler. <laughs> uh, Ross will not do it, not even over his dead body. And then Chandler will be using his dead body as a shield. <laughs> now, I'm not going to say this is homophobic because it's not. Uh, they just don't want to kiss Joey, which is fair. Uh, and, you know, like Ryan, I'm sure you've had lots of male and female friends who you wouldn't want to kiss for whatever reason as well, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it's homophobic either. I think it's a comfort thing and like a boundary thing. Yeah. Um, there are plenty of friends I wouldn't want to kiss regardless of gender. Would I step up if they were desperately trying to land apart? Maybe. It would depend on the friend. <laughs> yeah, I guess it depends uh, how sincerely they wanted the part and to, to do that. Yeah, essentially. Like, I mean, I, I have friends who are actors, and if they were like, oh, I've never kissed a metalhead before. <laughs> like, do you guys kiss weird? I need to practice by kissing you. I'd be like, no, that's stupid. Just kiss me like a normal person. You, but, you, you could have been like, I wonder what it's like to kiss a guy with a beard, but you went with I don't know. Metalhead. I was trying to think of something about me that you could logically be like, no, I wouldn't. It doesn't make any yeah. sense for you to need to kiss me for that. But if it was an, a male actor friend or being like, oh, let's say I've got a female friend who's gay and she's like, right, I've never kissed a dude and now I've got to try and make out with a bloke in a play. Like, is it weird? Yeah. I'd be like, mm, it, it, it would depend entirely on the friendship. I, I guess it's like when people have like tongue piercings and everyone's like, oh, what's that like? But you'd never go up to your friend and be like, hey, do you mind if I kiss you just so I can feel what that's like? Yeah. I mean, I'd have to, well, I'd have to be, I'd have to be single would be like rule number one. Mm. Because even if it, it may not start as that kind of kiss, but it might, end that kind of kiss yeah. if you know what I mean like I'm not saying I'm fabulous with my lips I just mean that well you might put all your acting skill into it so they can get the full experience well, I, mean, I mean there are there are plenty of times where you hear about two friends that were friends for years and then suddenly a kiss happens and then now it's a whole different ball game and the yeah. situation has changed and it's either you know became a relationship or ruined the friendship or as you said earlier it's been nothing it's not gone anywhere um, so I definitely have to be single to even consider the idea because it would just seem disrespectful to not. Yeah, that's fair. And it's not the kind of thing you're going to call your partner and be like, hi, so uh, Sarah's over and she wants to know if she can kiss me to practice for a film. I feel like my partner would be like, well, either they'll be like, yeah, fine, I don't care. Or they'd be like, can't you find a single dude? Yeah. Because that's weird, the idea of you kissing this person. Yeah. Um, but it would be context dependent, depending on a friend. But in theory, yeah, I'd step up. So you heard it here first, audience. Ryan is ready to kiss you as long as the situation is okay. Yeah, I mean, context <laughs> is key, isn't it? Uh, we're then back at Monica's apartment and the gang are waiting to see Rachel come out of the room. She's got a new dress on, a very pink dress. It is very pink. Uh, you know, why do bridesmaids always have to wear table dresses? Like, you know, she doesn't want to go to this wedding. And, you know, Ross is right. Why is she even going to uh, Mindy and Barry's wedding? Certainly looking like a pink marshmallow yeah i don't know i mean we're not married mark not to each other <laughs> <laughs> i mean or to other people so we've never had to have the conversation with our brides to be about dress selection i i don't think you would anyway as the man right i would okay because i just would care yeah i'd be like wait i've got to stand near this on the happiest day of my life i mean i don't <laughs> want to get married but if i were going to get married i would i'd be a moniker about it to be fair if yeah, you would want the aestheticness to to be perfect. Yeah, I'd be like, no, the bridesmaids are all in Stormtrooper outfits. We discussed this. <laughs> <laughs> That'll come up next episode, I guess. Um, but 
the idea would be, according to rom-coms, Mark, that women want to be the focus on their big day. Yes. So they make their friends look ridiculous, ensuring that the bride is, you know, the only nice, glamorous-looking one. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard that theory as well. Um, which is horrible. Yes. Um, I mean, the problem is we've blokes have suits, and I don't know any man that looks terrible in a suit, uh, a well-made suit. Yes. If you're in a cheap suit that hangs off you, you look dreadful. But provided the suit fits properly. Like, men look good in suits because your brain's kind of conditioned to be like, oh, I'm in a suit. you well put together and you probably be somewhat... Yeah, just look nice. Yeah. Um, whereas dresses, there's so much more variety in a dress that can be good or bad or terrible. Um, you know, you can't really have, like, a sexy suit. Men look sexy in suits or they don't. It, whereas a dress, there's so much more involved in that outfit than just they've got it on. Yes. Because men Well, yeah, yeah. Su- suits are basically, like, you've got, you know, a shirt and trousers. Like, you can't change that. Whereas a dress could be absolutely anything. Yeah, exactly. Um, Ross doesn't see why they need to go to this wedding. And Rachel replies, Mark, that it's because she promised Mindy. But then Monica jumps in and says, yeah, well, you promised Mary you'd marry him. And then she adorably runs away and hides between Rich's legs. I love this joke. This is the kind of banter we enjoy in our social group, Mark, where if you can get a cheap laugh <laughs> yeah. for a cheap shot, you'll take it. Um, but it's such a rare burn from Monica that I felt like I had to bring it up. Okay, yeah, because I think it's worth it. I was sat there and I was like, oh, wait, are we... Because we talk a lot about Rachel's comedic ability in this podcast and how we're like the champions of the Rachel Green Comedy Club yeah. because we like it. This from Rachel, from Monica, was like, boom, headshot. Well, yeah, because all the friends are funny in different ways, right? Mm-hmm. And Monica, I guess, she doesn't have the the out-and-out laughs. Like, I guess hers are more situational, so yes, her... So to have like a burn just straight in there, perfect. Yeah. But there's so much about it. I mean, the, the burn's great. And then the way she like runs off and sits in between Richard's legs like he's going to keep her safe from Rachel's wrath, <laughs> I just find cute. <laughs> yeah. And it just like, it, it's, it's that classic kind of Richard is, is the manly gentleman yep. of like, you wouldn't hide behind Chandler no. in, <laughs> no, in no. the situation, <laughs> but you'd, you'd hide behind Richard. Uh, but Rachel needs to go now to, to feel good about herself to the wedding. Uh, this is where Chandler enters the room wearing a shirt four sizes too big for him. Uh, apparently he's wearing the same clothes as last night and uh, he's walked straight into Monica's. Someone's wearing the same clothes they had on last night. Did someone get a little action? Yeah, I may have. <laughs> Woohoo, it's done. What'd she look like? Well, we haven't actually met. We just uh, stayed up all night talking on the internet. <laughs> Woohoo, geek! <laughs> So yeah, it turns out he didn't even meet a woman last night. Uh, he just stayed up all night chatting on the internet. So sounds like you're every single night, right? hey Ryan? Yes, it does, Mark. Um, but, you know, that's the perils of a long-distance relationship. Yep. I, I spend... You know what annoys me about time? <laughs> I forget that the Netherlands are an hour ahead of the UK all the time. Don't know how, because the girl I'm dating constantly jokes that she's in the future and he's basically Doctor Who. I guess sometimes they can be two hours ahead, depending on daylight savings. Uh, it's normally just an hour, I don't know, it might change. But at the minute, it's an hour. But I forget how long an hour is at night time. So sometimes I'll be like, you know, tippity-tippity-tap, text away. Want to watch some telly or whatever, or like some Disney group watch or whatever. And I'm like, oh, it's only, it's only nine o'clock, but it's not, it's ten o'clock in the future. And it's irritating. It annoys me. But yes, Mark, I do spend most of my nights chatting to a woman on the internet, <laughs> yeah. which is not weird anymore. No. I mean, I've met her, to be fair. Well, well this, is, this is the thing, isn't it? Like, you know, I, I love this sort of like mid-90s internet culture that they have on TV. Uh, you know, it, it felt new and different at the time. Like, you know, do people even go into chat rooms anymore? 
Because it used to be that's all you did in the night. You'd find a chat room and yep. chat to strangers. You'd dial up your internet. And then I'm in, I'm in, a, in fact, Mike, after this episode, I'm going to go home and see if Buffy boards are still up and running. Because <laughs> that's where, that was my chat room of choice when I was a teenager. It would be, I've watched Buffy. Let's talk to Buffy people about Buffy. <laughs> yep. And you'd get into a nine hour conversation about. Was Angel's shoe the right colour for that? Like, it would like weird stuff. You just pick apart the show in the way that I guess now you do on YouTube by freeze framing a trailer or something. Yeah. But you would you would like, oh, I'll talk about Buffy some more because, you know, it's seven hours until I'm back at school to talk to my friends. I've just watched it about. Well, yeah, exactly. Right. So like the the gang here, they think he's a massive geek. How times change really? Because, you know, now you say you're on the internet all night long. That's perfectly normal. That's what most people do. Yeah, they just spend their time on the internet. They don't go out with their friends, don't do things. So either watching friends on Netflix like us, yep, or you know you're chatting to someone somewhere on some app. Yeah, I mean, I've got entire groups of friends that I I met gaming. Um, like I've mentioned before, and like, well, I, f- I feel like everyone's got got internet friends who they've never ever met, but they've spoke to for years for whatever reason. Yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah, there are people that I met online that I've met. It's always better if you can meet them in person at some point because you know it kind of affirms the friendship, I guess, in a in a way that's different because it's easier to present yourself as something else online, not in a creepy way. I just mean no. I I guess I guess it's a cut down way because you can have time to think about how you're going to react and who you're going to present yourself as. Yeah. Rather than just yourself. (laughs) Yeah. uh. Now, now I'm here and I have to think about a witty reply immediately as opposed to having 17 minutes to make a cup of tea. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, you are right. It, it's nice to have a little look back at how people judge this kind of thing in the 90s. It, it would have been seen as weird and meeting a partner on the internet would have been seen as weird. Yeah. Whereas nearly every relationship that happens nowadays happens online or through an app uh, to the point where it's the rare story to hear that people bump into each other and people can't talk. Like You see it online like older men. Like gammy type member, like oh, no one, no one talks to anymore, and they can't just talk to women at bars. And it's like, well, yeah, because most people's dating life and every success story they've got has been, I had a nice photo, someone liked it, we had a conversation online. Like, how many times? Well, you've been in a, a committed relationship for a long time, so I guess I'll have to use myself as an example. The amount of times on a dating app before I was seeing someone, where I would see someone and go, she's nice swipe and then it wouldn't matter because i wasn't matching but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes there'd be a match and you'd be like oh great like she seems cool yeah. and we've matched and we'll start talking and there's zero chemistry or conversation and yeah. i'm not blaming myself for that because i think i'm charming and hilarious <laughs> but sometimes there would just be none there'd be absolutely none or there wouldn't be much you'd go and hang out and then there'd be loads all of a sudden well like i i'm sure we've we've discussed this on the podcast before about how like in the, the late 90s when i first joined the internet me telling people I was talking to people in chat rooms was seen as weird and sad. And then meeting them was seen as dangerous. They could be an axe murderer or as, you know, Phoebe's about to do. It's like, it could be a guy sort of thing. Um, whereas now you're, you're like, what are you doing tonight? Oh, I'm meeting like three people off the internet or, you know, I'm going to a group meetup and we're going to do something with a bunch of people that I've never met before. Or, you know, there's a group I play video games with. I, I've Spoke to him online for 10 years. Tonight, we're actually going to go and hang out together at a bar in real life, and I don't know what they look like. So it, it's massively different now, whereas before, yeah, it was seen as strange, where now if you say, I met someone in a bar, you're like, oh, how was that? Did you not swipe on them? Yeah, like, like did you what? Did you just go talk to them? <laughs> yeah. Like, did someone introduce you first? Was it... Because, I mean, we've both dated 
pre-internet dating uh, it's height where you've been out and about and you've had to try and talk to someone yeah. and you know when you've been in a club and your brain's like that person's nice and you've had to try and work up the balls to go and talk to them it, it, it can be quite an intimidating thing to have to do well i think even now like clubs for you know between like 16 and early 20s are probably like dying down now because people don't need to go to clubs because you'd go to a club before because that's how you met other people yeah whereas now you just go on tinder or whatever right don't need to to actually go out so yeah. like clubbing now seems more like it's for friends to do as friendship groups because it's not the main way to meet people mm. like you said online is so it's almost like when women and people do go out with their friends now they're not don't really care about dating or hooking no. up because it's like oh i can do that whenever i'm, I'm out yeah. with the, the, the guys chilling well and even if you look at like the the bingo apps and the gambling apps they all have chat rooms and there's just people hanging out there chatting to each other and they get to know each other and stuff like that. and it's and it's considered normal so it is funny that you know he's called like a massive geek by by monica yeah whereas now i i don't know what you'd actually call someone a geek for like that has to be into to sink very niche and extreme well i mean it, it's a self-given title nowadays isn't it yes. like when i was growing up reading comics and stuff i would be oh he's a geek and a nerd whereas now people are like desperate to to I be guess, that yeah to validate their, their geek status um i always like that meme where it's like a picture of a pretty girl covered in like tattoos and like big glasses. And it's like everyone wants to do nerd stuff. It doesn't say stuff, it's a different word. Yeah. And then underneath, it's about 80 dudes playing Magic the Gathering. And this is <laughs> yeah. until it's time to do some nerd stuff. <laughs> yeah. Again, it doesn't say stuff. And that makes me chuckle because I've been told off before for wanting people to qualify their level of fandom before I. At the start of a conversation. Yeah, we've, we've discussed this before, yeah. But it's just like, no, I don't want to keep you out of the conversation. I just, if you're telling me that the reason Star Wars is rubbish is because of A, and I've read four novels that completely destroy your point, it's a frustrating conversation for me to have because I'm like, well, have you read these four books? And you go, no. And I go, oh, well, there's your problem solved. Yeah. It's, it's not an interesting <laughs> conversation for me to have. Uh, well, Monica does actually call Chandra on yeah his personality and he said you know, uh, sorry monica doesn't the the woman he's chatting to calls him out on his personality uh and he says that you know he actually listened to to what she said and he changed and this is where we get like another dry scathing rachel line um and then this just like freaks phoebes and richard out they have to have to leave um it's it's, it's funny though like yeah like you sometimes Random people you do listen to, and you're like, yeah, they said something, and I'm going to change based on that, whereas my friends would say it, and I ignore them. Yeah, well, I mean, your, your actual close friends tend to not call you out on, I guess, on personality flaws, if you want to describe them as that, because friends tend to accept you as who you are, and there's a, a closeness there that they might not bring up. Yeah. Um, whereas if it's someone you're just getting to know, it might be like, it's annoying when you do this. And it's like, oh, I didn't realise I did that. Or why do you ask me this all the time? Or why do you do that? And, it, you know, you need to learn the new person. Whereas the closer you are, the less likely you are to do that. Yeah, that's true, I guess. Uh, so as Richard leaves, uh, Monica is a bit besotted and Phoebes takes the mick out of this, which is just, you know, really great, playful banter. I think my boyfriend's ever so dreamy. <laughs> I wonder what our wedding's going to be like. <laughs> talking about what wedding come on like you never talk about that no never i mean we're just living in the moment god it is so nice for once not to get all hung up on where's this going afraid to ask him could not be more terrified <laughs> well i think you should seriously consider the marriage thing give rachel another chance to dress up like princess bubble yon <laughs> 
So I, I really like the way, you know, Phoebe's is pretending to be Monica and it's like, oh, my boyfriend's so dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, you know, wondering what their wedding's going to be like. And then it turns out, you know, Monica hasn't thought about the marriage or where this is going. Uh, if only because, you know, she's actually terrified of asking. That's quite sad, really, isn't it? Um, I don't know if it's sad. Like, is, is she terrified because Richard has been married and is older and it's, like, way scarier? Or is it because she's in her mid-20s and doesn't need to think about that for a while? Like, she can just date him or someone for many years and then it's like i think about when i'm getting married in my 30s like right now it's way in the distance i mean i guess it depends how much you've tried to plan your life out and i also think it's this weird thing in relationships where or like getting to know people but there's these weird kind of rules that kind of exist where like oh you it's too early to you've only been on x amount of dates it's too early to suggest that you're yes. a couple or oh why would you ask me about that like a year into dating and it's like well everyone has their own kind of goalposts and paces and moving at things and i tend to be pretty chill and open so if i was to discuss like you know oh, having kids i may not specifically mean hello girl i'm currently dating <laughs> let's talk about our children i might just talk about oh you know when i have a kid i'm going to make sure they're raised like in nerdy things like i do so so ross you hadn't uh, already got your names for your kids all planned out with your your potential new girlfriend no i mean i always know what i was going to call my daughter um in fact, I had this conversation with my family the other day. Well, we had this conversation for that episode as yeah. well. But uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's one of those things. I just think, yeah. it, I guess I'm sympathetic towards Monica, given that she's scared to ask Richard a question about their future, when you shouldn't be scared to ask the question because it should, the response you should get, in my mind, should be kind of heartfelt and and honest yeah and i i guess from my perspective is she might be scared because he's already you know he's got a grown-up kid you know? like he's already done all that stuff so she might be like well he's already done that he's moved beyond that i he, guess like he, he's not in the same place as she is so that might be why it's scarier for her or maybe it's just scary because you know it is a big subject for her to even think about I and mean, given the state of their relationship currently, I don't think it's that big a deal to ask. No, he, um, seem, he seems fairly chilled about answering things, right? Plus, he's there all the time, and he's hung out with the guys a lot. Like, yeah. you know, he went to Rangers games, Chandler grew a moustache. It's not a new relationship. I mean, again, Friends is terrible at letting us know how long time has been passed. We don't know how long they've actually been dating. Um, but a conservative estimate would be, you know, a good, a good chunk of months, and he's there all the time, so... But I suppose one of the things when you do ask the question, where's it going? Like, what, what if he hasn't thought about it? Yeah. What if he's just like, uh, yeah. like just having a nice time, aren't we? Yeah. And I think that's probably, that's probably the better situation to be in than someone being at complete odds with you. I guess. Uh, the next day, Monica and Richard are, are looking after Ben with his terrible 90s bowl haircut. Mm -hmm. And they're playing peekaboo. Uh, now, I've got a little tangent for you. I recently learned that scientists have figured out that babies do their own experiments. So. Like before, we, we just kind of thought they didn't know anything because they're still developing and they're kind of stupid, right? Uh, but for example, babies drop, drop let's say, a spoon uh, because they're actually figuring out gravity for themselves. You know, why does it go down? Does it always go down? And they also like to do psychology on you. So like they're looking to see how the parent reacts to like what faces you pull. Do you pull the exact same face every time? All these little experiments to like figure out the world around themselves. That's pretty cool. It's very nifty. I like that tangent, Mark. Uh, and then, you know, Monica then has a, a, a question for Richard. Uh, does he think about the future? A future with her? And, you know, of course he does. But for some reason, Monica says, you know, he's about to get so lucky. Which, 
did make me think, why is it men who are the ones who are going to be lucky? Like, no guy has ever said to a woman she's about to get lucky in the context of what Monica means. Uh, nope, I don't think I've ever done it. I might do that. <laughs> yeah, go, 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 wow, you're going to be so lucky tonight. Someone's going to get lucky. Like, <laughs> just feel like, well, am I winning the lottery? Yeah, so. Well, yeah, it's, it's probably just an average Thursday for whatever women's with you, right? So... <laughs> Um, yeah, it's, it's it's a weird phrase for her to, to use, and I, I kind of don't like it. I mean, I don't, the, the, the thing I find weird about it is, is the idea that she's essentially rewarding standard human behavior with sex in yeah. the sense of, like, have you thought about us having a future? And his response is basically, yes. And yeah. then she's like, that makes her horny, and <laughs> she wants to put... Like, yeah, yeah, I'm going to reward you with, with this. If you had said no... You can imagine it as a game show. You get in and get that. Uh, uh, oh, sorry. Here's the prize you could have had. Yeah, it just. I mean, it just. I guess it's weird for me to have some kind of like conditioning response <laughs> to get into her pants. I'm like, <laughs> okay, it's just odd, but alright. So Richard talks about moving to France with Monica, you know, as a dream, and Monica wonders if he sees, you know, a bassinet in their future. Uh, not a basset. He, uh, as he thinks she says <laughs> a basset hound uh, you know Richard pulls back at this point you know he's, he's got children already he doesn't want to go through you know another 20 years of raising a kid before he and Monica can be free to do things which you know, I kind of think is fair like I, I always remember at school there was uh, someone in my class whose whose dad would come and pick them up and you'd be like oh is that your granddad it's like no it's my dad it's like oh and it's like when did he have you it's like oh when he was like in his 50s you're like, wow, so like he's nearing his like 70s now. Yeah. And it just, it, it seems kind of odd at the time. So I totally get Richard being like, hey, I don't want to spend 20 years where I literally can't do things and go on holidays and places with you because we're looking after a new child for, for a while. I guess, I mean, again, we get some more hilarious monarch here where she's like, I think the baby would keep falling off the dog. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, it's passive aggressive, but it's funny. But I guess it... It's a difficult situation for us, I suppose. So I, I'm in my mid-30s now and have no children. Um, so unless I want to be the old granddad-looking person picking up the kids, I guess i got to go and move on. But it's also the idea of, in Rich's time and generation, the economy was in a point where retirement was like, you know, you were going to be young enough when you retire to potentially have some kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Whereas with the, the way the world is nowadays, we're looking at work until we're in our 70s and then not getting to retire that well anyway. So it's like, oh, that's a, don't worry about it, it's a pipe dream because <laughs> it's not going to matter. I, I always like to think of like, you know, the, the people who are like 16 and, or 18 and have a, have a baby. And it's like, well, by the time you're 35, you're free again. And like at 35, you're like, oh, you can do whatever you want. You've had the kids, you got that out of the way early. And now you've got the rest of the time to attach to the fun stuff, which you're doing now in a sense. See, I never really think of that kind of stuff because I guess I just take days as they come most of the time. So I've never thought like, oh, like I got to enjoy my 20s or whatever. I'm like, well, yeah. I didn't, I, if I'm sure if I had a kid, I still would have enjoyed life. I just would have enjoyed it differently. Yeah. Uh, you know, this is this is a tough conversation to have, but, you know, couples probably should have this conversation earlier rather than later. See, I want kids at some point. Um, I don't know how, more than one, two or three, I don't know, but I'd be happy with, I, don't, I want a kid, basically. I want right. to start a family at some point. Um, that tends to be the norm. That tends to be the standard if, you know, people want to start a family. Yeah. But a lot of my friends do not want children, like equivocally don't want children, um, which I find kind of strange. Um, I don't know why 
I guess because my brain, I just want kids. So I'm like, yeah, it makes sense. You know, just, just your animal brain. Yeah. You meet someone, you have kids, you raise family. You know, it's, they're adorable. You pass on your DNA to because that's what you're designed to do. Yeah. Like, look, Mark, I made that thing. It's funny. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, the ones that don't always say the same thing. If they want to live their life for them, essentially, and don't want a, a kid to get in the way. Which my brain is that classic thing of going, they'll change their mind when they meet the right person. Well, which... you you can you can look at it as like, uh, especially in in certain countries uh, or in the in the past, where if you didn't have kids, yes, you might be old and free, but there's going to be a point where you're like, I wish I had kids because then they could have done all the stuff for me. They could have gone to the fields and toiled instead of me doing it. Yeah. And and so yeah, there, there probably is a point where you would be old, and you'd be like, actually, if I had some older kids now, that would be really helpful. I think a lot of the people, in fact, thinking about it, really going a bit Roger, you know, throwback. <laughs> yeah. um, most people either don't want kids, were either only children, or there was a huge age gap, or they grew up in like a single parent style household. Okay. So there was like maybe ten years between siblings. So you haven't grown up around kids. So you kind of awkward around them. like those same people. If I was to have a kid and you were like, oh, let's go around Ryan's to look at the baby. And I'd be like, Mark, here's the baby. You'd be like, great, Ryan, I'll hold it for five minutes, but it's just a baby. Yeah. Whereas I try and pass that to some of our friends and they'd be like, oh my God, hot potato, it's going to explode. Like <laughs> yeah. they freak out. And they're like, people tend not to want kids, probably haven't spent much time around them. No, definitely. Uh, well, before we get into Joey begging Chana to kiss him, I think we should have a quick advert break. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of the HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you don't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers as well as online at Target, Best Buy and Amazon or you can shop for them directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. Explode When Defeated presents something really neat and full of meat. Those children aren't going to protect themselves in a brand new podcast series about everyone's favorite giant reptile. Godzilla? No, we already did that one. Rodan? No, we did that one too. Gorgo? Gamera. We're talking about Gamera. From turtles to medieval samurai golems on our new series, Demolition Die. Only on the HyperX Podcast Network. Eliminate clutter and embrace the freedom of HyperX wireless gaming gear for PC and console. Power through all the great monthly PlayStation Plus games with the Cloud Stinger Core Wireless for PlayStation. Enjoy lightweight comfort with reliable wireless freedom so you won't miss plot points when you head to the fridge. High quality HyperX wireless products can be found at most fine retailers, as well as online at Target, Micro Center, Best Buy, Amazon, Walmart, or shop directly at HyperX.com and HP.com. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts Podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long, it's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts, here on the HyperX Podcast Network. So we're back at the boys' house or their apartment, and Joey is begging Chandler to kiss him. Uh, no, this isn't one of Ryan's fan fictions, uh, <laughs> but Chandler says no means no. He does not consent. And then Rachel enters in a pink dress and hat, and I'm sure this has to be an ad lib line from Matthew Perry. 
uh, because the face he pulls laughing at his own joke just it just looks too real to me. Uh, and then Joey then takes the opportunity to hit on Ross. <laughs> poor, poor, poor Joey. Joey. Uh, but it, it's okay because Richard is downstairs and Joey quickly rushes off to say goodbye to him <laughs> <laughs> and uh, probably asks for a kiss as well, right? Uh, yeah, you know, I, c- I can see Mr. Magnum P.I. agreeing to that, especially in those tight shorts he used to wear. I mean, given that Richard kind of, I guess by the show and the fandom, meets these kind of like mythological heights of mandom, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure he'd be up for kissing Joey and that kiss would change to his life. <laughs> like, I feel like if, if Richard kisses you, you know about it. So, so he wouldn't be going up to any ladies anymore and be like, how are you doing? No, he'd still, he, I'm not saying he would completely flip your sexuality, <laughs> but you know, you, you would meet the woman of your dreams, you'd kiss her and you'd be like, not quite Richard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poor, poor Monica, right? Yeah. Uh, most of the gang then leave, leaving Chandler on his tiny laptop, at least by modern standards, and with Phoebe. And Chandler is doing some research, checking out the, uh, the Guggenheim Museum website because the woman he's talking to likes art. Uh, now that's some clever thinking, uh, but it, you know, he's still also checking to this mystery woman. So, how's your date with your cyber chick going? Oh, hey, what is all that? Oh, it's a website. It's the uh, Guggenheim Museum. Oh. See, uh, she likes art, and I like funny words. <laughs> <clears throat> what does she mean by HH? It means we're holding hands. Are you the cutest? I'm afraid I might just be. <laughs> you know what I think is so great that you're totally into this person, yet for all you know, she could be like 90 years old or have two heads or... <laughs> it could be a guy. Okay, it's not a guy, all right? I know her. It could be like a big giant guy. <laughs> so yeah, so we get some internet lingo there. HH means holding hands. See, to me it means Horus Heresy, but can't remember. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, I don't think anyone uses HH anymore. Nope. Uh, when I first used the internet, it used to be ASL or age, sex, location. Again, something people don't use anymore, I guess because, you know, that info is you know so front and centre right now. Well, that and I got tired of the joke of, you'd be like, 19, yes, please, England. <laughs> you'd be like, oh. like, it was never funny. It was just like, yeah. Uh, like you know, I I see a picture of you know to to see a picture now of someone um, is instant. It's obvious. It's easy, right? Uh, but before you know, you'd actually have to mail them the picture because no one really had scanners and digital cameras weren't really a thing back in the nineties either. Certainly in ninety five, uh, scanners did exist. Very expensive. Yep. Digital cameras, kind of maybe, probably stupidly expensive, low resolution. Uh, so yeah, now it's just so obvious to go, ah, oh, you know, this is Ryan. He's a metalhead. He's 35. I can tell. This reminds me of a story from the Falklands War, um, where there was a British naval ship and it was being tailed by an Argentine, was it an Argentinian ship? It was some other forces ship, basically. Probably wasn't Argentinian because they'd been fighting, but some kind of spy ship was following them, basically, and they knew. And for a laugh, the soldiers decided to just chuck chucking stuff overboard. The Brits were like, oh, we'll chuck it over, and they'll have to fish it out, because who knows what it could be, and it might be really important. So they were chucking, like, some old maps and just nonsense over the side. But then they ran into the hall, or, like, the, the main, like, hall where all the guys hang out, and all the women that, like, soldiers had sent, like, nude photos of themselves 
to the soldiers and they all went on this board that was <laughs> on the ship. So the guys got all the ugly, unattractive people off of the board <laughs> and chucked those photos overboard <laughs> and had a great laugh sat there that evening thinking about some poor Russian, for instance, that had to like <laughs> sift through the photo and find all these like hideously unattractive naked women. <laughs> I, I, I'm just thinking about the guys going, oh, not my wife. She's definitely attractive. And everyone going, nah, mate. <laughs> no. Well, I don't think they put your wife's photo on the board. <laughs> oh, just, just, just random, like, cut yeah, out. When, oh, okay. Like when people who write to, like, serial killers in prison. Oh, okay. Just like, oh, hello, like, soldier 422726. Like, I'm Sharon from, I don't know, Croydon. And then it <laughs> happens to be a picture of her in London. Right, right okay, okay. No thanks, Sharon from Croydon. That's going in the sea. I, a little bit better, maybe. I'm not, I'm not I just sure. find the idea yeah, funny. Yeah. That, like, there yeah. was, I'm with the soldiers on the idea yeah. that some poor guy had to fish some photos out of the water in case it was important. How, how, how did you escape them? Oh, we uh, threw some naked pictures in the sea and they stopped dead instantly. Those women have no idea that their photos are in some like classified Russian file from yeah. the 80s. <laughs> it just makes me chuckle. You know, I, I relate a lot to Chandler in this scene. Like, 90s internet was a different place, uh, especially for, for guys like Chandler. Chandler could, you know, he could meet a woman online easily. Whereas now, I don't, I don't think he'd have much of a chance. Like, you know, the the '90s was also scary for the internet. Everyone thought, you know, people on it were ex welding, murderers, uh, or geeks or sados with no friends. Or in Phoebe's case, she thinks it could be a guy. Now, at the time, catfishing wasn't even a word. It wasn't. Uh, but you know, she's right. He could be talking to anyone. A big giant guy. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, th- there was so much internet hysteria at the time. Um, I won't go too into details about the show because of the, the context and the show we're making. Um, but there's a there's a Channel 4 series called Brass Eye. You've been familiar with it. Brass Eye is, uh, is a funny comedy sketch show, I guess, in a sense. But it, it would lean on the political side yeah, but- as well. But it, it was, for the 90s, brilliant. Like, brilliantly satirical, I guess. They did a whole episode... Uh, based around paedophiles yes. and how they're trying to get your kids for the internet because at the time in the media there was so much ridiculous mass hysteria uh, but it was funny because they convinced like Brit- real British celebrities to read facts out and they presented the show to celebrities like it was a real show and they're like they can smell your children through the keyboard which obviously well, any common sense would tell you that that's not happening well, it, it was a, a as I say hugely satirical show and it was taking the mick out of you know the the politics and news. So, like, they got all the celebrities to wear a hat that said nonce on it. Nonce is basically a, a British word for paedophile. Yeah. And, like, they, they wore it, and no none of them questioned it. It's, it's almost a bit like Borat and Ali G, that yes. sort of humour where you're taking normal people, and in this case, celebrities, putting them into a situation, and they, they, they play along with it because they're on camera, and none of them stopped and went, why am I wearing a hat that says nonce? Yeah. Well, the, the one bit that was selected to me was they can smell your kids with a keyboard because no one in their right frame of mind would think that was possible. But then that proves the point of the episode that there's all this hysteria and it's ridiculous. The, the funniest line from that episode, uh, and, it, and it's worth a watch now, it's, it's, it's absolutely hilarious, is there's, like, there's even disabled ones that are in uh, robotic things uh, that can chase after your children. Like they, they can't walk, but they've got these walking leg things and they're called a roboplegic roncock. <laughs> and like, you, so you laugh, right? But as a celebrity, you should be like, that sounds like a funny word. This is not serious. Yeah, but, but, no. but they didn't. Yeah. So yeah, there was a lot of hysteria in the 90s. Uh, I guess with anything new and different, right? Well, I mean, there's, I mean, even it's not unique to the 90s, I guess. Even nowadays, there's 
I remember there being some giant conspiracy theory about an app like called Tom the Cat or something. And there was this weird urban legend that if you had the the app open, that a paedophile could like watch your kid through the app. Right. And like the cat, if you looked in the cat's eyes, there'd be like the image of the paedophile. And I was just like, why would the person who hasn't accessed your camera remotely, but even if they did, why would they present present themselves <laughs> yeah. in the app? Like what? But that that was a thing that yeah. I saw whatever Facebook that like random mums would share and be like, oh my god, don't let your kids play Tom's cat. And it's like, no, it's not a thing. It's it's the same as chain mail. Like chain mail in the eighties and nineties was very big, where someone basically sends you a letter saying you're going to have bad luck unless you send this letter on to ten friends. That then became uh, a thing on the internet because email is way cheaper than physical mail yep. and it would be you know oh if on the seventh day you're going to die or you're going to win loads of money unless you send this on to 10 people instantly within the next hour don't don't fall for it you've got to do it um yeah there, there was a lot of this weirdness with with the internet back then but my point with like chandler could like meet people then is basically you know chandler was normal guy and everyone in the early 90s internet was kind of fairly normal whereas now Chanda would not stand out against all the hunky, weird, attractive, Instagram-filtered people. Mm. And, you know, he would just be average guy compared to, you know, fantasy man that kind of only exists because the app allows him to exist that way. I mean, I don't agree with Chandler Googling art to try and make a better impression on this woman. I No, I think it's quite clever. Like, you know, she's like, oh, I'm into this thing. He's quickly researched so he can you know, sort of be a part of the conversation instead of being like, I don't know what you're talking about. See, uh, maybe it's just my attitude to, to dating, but if I'm seeing someone or trying to someone and or getting to know them even in a, like, in a platonic context and they mention something I don't know about, that's amazing. I'm immediately like, tell me more. It's like, yes. people, would you like to know more? Like I would much rather <laughs> yeah. have them then explain like, well, what's, tell me what you like about art. Why is this cool? Why is that cool? Because then you get to further the conversation and they get to share their passion. And if I was being manipulative about the situation, I'm like, people talking about stuff they enjoy and you actively listening is going to have way more of a positive impact. And you're going, yes, I also like, let me Google that painting, <laughs> this painting. Yeah, yeah, it's... I guess sometimes sharing a common interest is great, but also learning about other interests, other people's interests is even better, right? Yeah. So I, I think it's I think it's smart of him to do, like, and that's something you can do with the internet, uh, especially back then. Uh, but yeah, the the internet was a different place. I, I miss the 90s internet. Like on eBay, you would send people checks in the post or even cash and trust that they would send you the item. Yeah, where, that sounds nonsense now. <laughs> where, where, and, so, and sometimes people be like, look... Your check's here. It's going to clear in seven days. I'm just going to send you the item anyway because I think you're honest or your feedback says you are. Yeah. So I'll send it to you. Now, no, even if people pay for you via paper, they will probably be scamming you still because they've found inventive ways to do it. Yep. Uh, and, you know, just chatting to people. Like, people were just honest and happy to share. And I don't know, when, when it became mainstream, I guess that's when you got kind of like the dregs of society joined it. Whereas when it wasn't mainstream... And you, you can say that for a lot of things. When things are not mainstream, you kind of get the, the best people, the purest people involved. And when it becomes too mainstream, yeah, you're getting the people who are, might be in it for the wrong reasons or trying to find a loophole in it to yeah, take I advantage. Mean, before the internet was you know, massively mainstream, like you said, you had to want to go on it to go on it. It wasn't just there for you mm. to pick up and use. Whereas now it's ubiquitous. You can't, you can't buy a device now that doesn't have access to the internet. No. I don't know what you would, but... Yeah, except everyone's got their hands on it. So if you do want to be a not very nice person on the internet, it's super easy for you to do. Whereas it wasn't worth that much energy in the 90s to be like, great, I'll buy a PC or a notebook or whatever, or a Palm Pilot. Yeah. 
and then connect that to a, an ADSL connection that's dial up and listen to that hideous sound and oh, someone put the phone in the house. It's got, it, it was too much effort to use when you wanted to use it, let alone to be mean. And I, and I guess it's easier nowadays to be more manipulative and to to have access to people and, and stuff. Whereas back then, like you say, it, it took a lot of effort just to just to even get a picture of them to see who they were or find out where they lived. Like whereas now, I can go onto to Facebook and I could find any random person and know way too much about them, and then use that against them to to be manipulative or to to do fraud or whatever. Right? Yeah. So I I really do miss early nineties internet and certainly. The news cycle was better because you just got the news rather than random opinion pieces or Twitter or politics and just fights and stuff. Like some of that stuff did obviously exist in the 90s. Like you said about discussing Buffy and what color was his shoe and stuff. Like that still exists now. But yeah, the 90s internet just, I don't know, there was just something simpler about it and just, just more friendlier and nicer. Well, I think it, it was specific because of the difficulty involved or the challenge involved in accessing it. You, you would do it with like I said, more a positive intent because you had to make effort to do so. Um, so you wouldn't end up with these giant arguments. Well, you would end up with giant arguments about things. If you're like, oh, who's better, yeah. Buffy and Spike or Buffy and Angel? And that would be like a 10-hour, <laughs> yeah. 2,000 post conversation with people disagreeing. But you were still fundamentally there for a good reason. You weren't just sat there being a troll. Like you didn't have trolls in the 90s. Oh, no, no, you definitely had trolls. That's why they were called trolls. I where, remember people where, Yeah, they, they were tro- But the difference then was that trolls got banned instantly because everything was much smaller. Uh, you know, a moderator would just be like, no, you're banned, you're ruining our little forum here. Whereas now, you've got Facebook, who are controlling things with the algorithm, and the algorithm goes, no, that's not trolling, because they didn't use XYZ keyword in a space of, you know, a few sentences. So it just ignores it. So you can you can write all your hate speech you want, whereas before, things were way better moderated. Maybe Buffy Boards was just a nice place. Maybe they were, yeah. Uh, but, you know, Joey is back, uh, he failed. Uh, but to figure out, you know, if it's a, a guy, uh, Phoebe suggests asking uh, the woman, you know, what her current method of birth control is. Now, that's a kind of a strange question to ask because perhaps she's not on any or you know, if it's a guy, they could lie or, you know, it, it might even seem like a bit of a forward question. Yeah, to me, that would be my concern. Like, one minute you're talking about cubism, and next it's, so, do you use the coil? Like, it's just a very weird question. Yeah, it's strange, right? Uh, Turns out, though, her husband is sleeping with his secretary. (laughs) I guess that answers that. And, yeah, so she's married. uh, But, you know, Joey is a good friend (laughs) and (laughs) comforts Chandler. And, no, wait, he's trying to come on to him. Yeah. it's, it's very funny in a slightly creepy way, but I know Joey means it in a kind-hearted way, so it's, yeah. it's funny. Uh, we're then at Mindy's wedding, and Monica and Richard are talking about how, you know, you shouldn't throw rice because pigeons eat it and die. Uh, but they're, they're hiding their laughs behind their, dis- their, their discussion earlier, uh, which I find a little bit odd. Well, it's like, we had a really awkward conversation, but we don't yeah. want to talk about it and we're going to appear, so we'll try and mask it, even though it's all you want to talk about. Yeah. You're just better off to go around the corner, have it out, and then there you go. Uh, Rachel is starting to freak, freak out a little. Uh, she saw the window that she crawled out of in the bathroom, and people, you know, they're going to be looking at her. Um, you know, did Barry just postpone his wedding to save some money, like he used the same venue and everything? And then uh, the bridesmaids get called out. And Rachel is about to walk in and she has her, has tucked her dress into her underwear. So 
I guess that's one perk of being a man. You can never really do that. Oh, I never tucked my underwear into my dress. <laughs> no. Uh, but yeah, Rachel is very humiliated. Why the hell didn't you tell me? I'm sorry. What was I supposed to do? Stand up and shout, Hey, Rachel, your butt is showing. Oh my God, this is so humiliating. I think the only thing that tops that one was, was, was when I was in eighth grade and I had to sing the Copacabana in front of the entire school. I think I got two lines into it before I ran and freaked out. Oh my God, my entire life's flashing before my eyes. Rich, hey, look, I oh. remember that. It wasn't so bad. Oh, Ross, would you stop? You got me. I'm dating you. Rachel. Oh. Hi, Mr. Weinberg. Hi, Mrs. Weinberg. It's so wonderful to see you again, my dear. In fact, I hardly expected to see so much. You told me you didn't see anything. I tell you a lot of things. <laughs> well, it's wonderful to have you up and about again, dear. Stay well. So yeah, the only other time that she was humiliated like that was when she was at school and she had to sing the Coca Cabana in front of everyone. You know, Ross tries his usual nice guy uh, play of, you know, just being like, oh, you know, it's, it's fine, it's, it's yeah. okay. Uh, and Rachel just snaps back at him uh, to stop doing that. You know, she's dating him. He got her. Like, I, I love the sarcasm that drips from that sentence of hers. I mean, I, I kind of think, I get that Rachel's upset, but I do kind of feel like she's a little bit out of line. Because, but men are dumb and we do just keep going, I'll say something to fix this. Yes. Because men are simple creatures and we want life to be simple. And if it's a problem, we want to fix the problem. So our, our response nine times to 10 is say to fix it thing when. <laughs> Sometimes people just want to be heard. Yeah, so I, I, I think, you know, sometimes you just got to let people vent or agree with them and not try to make it better. Just be like, yep, absolutely terrible. Yep. I agree. Uh, and then Mr. and uh, Mrs. Weinberg have come to chat to Rachel. And, you know, Mr. Weinberg enjoyed the show, it seems. He did. He liked Rachel's book. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, who wouldn't, right? <laughs> uh, but then Mrs. Weinberg congratulates Rachel on being up and about again. Like, seems like Rachel has heard this a few times tonight. Strange. Uh, we then see Mindy. I'm not sure uh, what she's wearing, but it's not a wedding dress at all. Uh, looks like some kind of superhero might wear it. Uh, but, you know, she's, uh, she's now Mr. Dr. Barry Hunter hyphen Farber. Is this the first time we hear Barry's surname? I don't think so. But I, Mindy's dress reminded me of a Vera Wang. It's not Vera Wang. Right. But it looked very Vera Wangy, that's a weird sentence. <laughs> but it, 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 looks like, it looks like a wangy to me. It made me think of a wang, even though it's not a wang. Uh, yeah, then Barry then arrives to belittle Rachel. Like, why invite her if you're going to be nasty to her? Uh, there, there's so much to, to ask about why he invited her, I guess. Yeah, I mean, do you invite your ex to your wedding? That, that stood you up at the altar. Like, are you still close friends? Yes, fine. Bring your ex to your wedding. I, I feel like he's almost doing it to shove it in her face. Look at what you could have had. Yeah, it was like, well, she didn't want that barrier no. until she left. <laughs> yeah. so you're not making the point you think you are. No. And then obviously Mindy and Barry were falling around anyway. Yeah. So it, the whole thing's like, it's almost like Rachel went to prove that she's okay with the thing. And then she was invited so they could rub it in her face. And it's just toxic everywhere. Yeah, pretty much right. Uh, you know, but this is a, a great time for, for Rachel to ask why people keep saying it's good to see her up and about. It turns out that Barry's parents told everyone she was insane. Insane from the syphilis. <laughs> like, they're, they're telling people this, but also that she had a sexually transmitted disease. That's evil. 
I mean, there's being angry because she ditched your son at the altar. Yeah. And then there's this. The just Yeah, yeah. Like you, you you pushed it too far, you know. She it's like saying, you know, he died in a blimp accident <laughs> doing what he loved. Like ditching someone at the altar on their wedding day, people look down upon anyway. Yeah. So if you just tell the story of what happened, oh my my son's fiance ditched him at the altar, they're gonna be like, She's horrible or why? You don't need to but more than likely people are gonna be on Barry's side and against her because Barry's the person that's in theory yeah. sad. Um, you don't need to add syphilis <laughs> to that conversation. <laughs> but but as soon as you do, I'd be thinking, where did she get the syphilis from? Does Barry have the syphilis? Did Barry give her the syphilis? Yeah, yeah. It just, it's just... Like if you said, oh, she cheated on him, okay, you'd, you'd understand that more than this kind of roundabout way. Mm, weird. Uh, at the boys, Joey is on the phone to Angela. Uh, he's wondering if she's free. Can she bring her boyfriend too? Like, seriously, Joey. <laughs> Uh, Chandler is still on his laptop and is now ignoring the message chats because he's quite upset. Uh, but, you know, this woman, mystery woman, still wants to meet. Uh, Phoebe then convinces Chandler, you know, he, he should meet her. This this is his chance. You know? And, you know, she, she's quite good at building morale up, I guess. And he caves instantly and just goes. I mean, pot calling kettle in this instance, to be fair. Because... I'm quite a romantic, and when I fall, I tend to fall hard and fast. But he's only been talking to this woman for a couple of days on the internet. Yeah. I don't know why he's let himself get this invested this quickly. No, like if you had spoke to someone on one of your dating apps and they just casually said, oh, I'm married, but it's not working. They said, do you want to meet? You'd probably be like, well, I've got nothing to lose by meeting them, at least. I've got everything to potentially gain. Yeah. Uh, even if I don't like the idea they're married, like I can still go for a drink with them and just see what they're like. Or the alternative is you go, oh, I don't want to get involved in that. Goodbye. Well, it's it's more just that Chandler's. I mean, obviously we haven't seen a lot of any of their conversations, so we're not really sure on the context of of what they're chatting about. But science has proven many times that men often mistake women being friendly as flirtation. And I'm like, where has Chandler got this idea that this is some kind of romantic? Situation because it's the nineties on the internet and they were clearly cyber in. Do you, remember, do you remember that word? I do. I do. <laughs> That's not word you use anymore. <laughs> no. I just I just don't understand where Chandler's kind of he's built this up in his head to the point of like oh he's met his dream woman online and they're going to be happy forever, and then obviously hours later that's been shut down as oh she's married so. That's not going to happen. And I, well, how is trying to let himself get that far? Yeah, I guess we don't know what sort of chat room. They might have met in a romantic chat room or just a casual chat room. or Because this was the time of AOL and chat rooms and the, the friends keyword that gave you access to friends stuff. Because yep. uh, certainly in the mid-90s, they probably, you probably would have been on AOL. And AOL wasn't the proper internet. AOL was this weird sandboxed area where they made their own content. You had to use keywords to access it. So you'd be like, type in friends. And they would have news articles and things that AOL had written for friends. And it's in some ways, it's quite nice. You'd be like, cool, I just get you know, bite-sized content, whatever. And then if you was really smart, you found this icon called Internet Explorer, which most people didn't touch back if they had AOL. And then I was like, wow, there's so much more internet out here. And you can access <laughs> anything, anything. And wow, the, the Friends content isn't this sanitized, perfectly nice thing. It's, you know, Ryan's random tangents on Friends stuff and his fan fiction and all sorts of weirdness, <laughs> right? Yeah. And it, and it really opened up. So, yeah, we don't know where he met her. He might, it might have been a romantic chat room or it might have just been casual, you know, Manhattan chat, chat room. You know? As always, Mark, I want more information. 
Uber to get a drink, <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. showing up. Well, I want no more. Uh, we're then back at the wedding, and Monica and Richard are still trying to ignore her earlier. And Monica, you know, she just knows that she needs to have kids. And the thing is, Richard didn't say no. And I feel like further talking could have convinced him. Um, but sadly, before we uh, find out any more of that, the best man now wants to make a toast at Rachel's expense. Yo, can I have your attention, please? Best man making a toast here. Thank you. <clears throat> I remember when Barry got home from his first date with Rachel. Huh? <clears throat> what? You hired the same band. I can't use the same speech? Thank you. Thank you very much. <clears throat> anyway, I wish you both a, a wonderful life together. Aww. And Rachel. What? No, no, no. In all seriousness, there's not a lot of women who would have had the guts to come back here tonight. And even fewer who do it with their asses hanging out. That's it. I'd like to uh, to add something to that. What are you adding? Just Why are you adding? Why are you adding? <laughs> Most of you don't know me. Uh, I'm Rachel's boyfriend. Oh dear God. Ross. Uh, and uh, I'd just like to say that it did take a lot of courage for Rachel to come here tonight. And uh, just for the record, she did not run out on Barry because she had syphilis. <laughs> What are you doing? I'm serious. So, yeah, I, I think, you know, the the best man, you know, funny jokes. Yep, killed it. I would 100% made that joke about the speech. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when Mark came home and mentioned Rachel, but yep, sold. I'll be straight there. Uh, but, yeah, Ross has to protect his woman, though, uh, and always wants to make the speech. And, you know, he's just making the situation kind of worse. Like, sometimes when people are making fun of you, you kind of just have to grin and bear it. Uh, certainly Will Smith could probably attest to that. Like, yeah. I mean, I agree with you that Ross does make things worse. But half the speech was good. He could have cleared up the rumours about Rachel uh, and, you know, how brave it was for her to show her face here after I think. And then said that it had a silver lining, had a happy ending, is it meant that Mindy and Barry found each other and that's why we're here to celebrate today. And all the crowd go, oh, <laughs> yeah. and everyone claps. And you've managed to interject, you've saved Rachel, you sit down and it's done. It doesn't need to, I mean, obviously, we make boring... Every, every time we have a suggestion, we make a boring <laughs> yes. TV show. We'd have been terrible writers, <laughs> yeah. our friends. Uh, <laughs> but, look, it annoys me that he doesn't, you know, want to quit, essentially. He should have stopped there, yeah. and he would have completely... Because at that point, once he's done Ryan's speech, no one can, no one's going to bring their extra stuff up because then they look like yeah. an idiot and look like they're trying to ruin the day. So you would defuse the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but, you know, Rachel then walks out uh, a second time at Barry's wedding. But no. She's going to stand up to this situation, start singing the Copacabana. Uh, and then, you know, eventually everyone joins in and, you know, she gets to own the evening. And that's quite a nice way for, for it to end. I like that, you know, she's gone through quite a hard time being there from like having to wear the, the silly pink dress to everyone saying that she's got syphilis and stuff. And she gets to own it by you know, just singing and everyone joining in and it's, it's okay. So... I guess the writers kind of did your, your way, just written differently. Fair. Get some singing involved. Yep. Uh, during some of the slow dancing uh, later on that evening, though, uh, Richard agrees to Monica saying that you know, he will have kids if he has to. And Monica doesn't like that word, 
and, and this is like so sad for me because, you know, he'd do anything for her, but she wants him to do it for himself, not her. And I don't know, maybe she's asking too much or maybe she's right. Like Friends does this sentimentality like so well. Yeah. In lots of episodes. And of course, I'm sure many people have had these sorts of heartbreaking moments as well. Um, I mean, but this is so heartbreaking because sometimes there isn't a villain in the piece. Someone isn't to blame for a breakup. No. It's just not worked out and you have to deal with all the emotion that you store time still carrying around. And sometimes life is heartbreaking and it can take much longer to get over that kind of breakup because there's so much unexplored potential. It's like, oh, well, we didn't work for this fundamentally innocent reason and now you've got to deal with all that. Whereas if someone cheats or has an affair, you can be like, oh, I hate them. And then you've got all this kind of, yeah. you know, I guess righteous indignation you can kind of help yourself get through it with but having said that entirely with you relationships are about compromise and i guess in this instance for monica wanting a baby is a sticking point but i think she makes a mistake here a richard is richard uh it's a wedding she's been drinking all day it's an emotional day but i do think ultimately the pedantic need for want would have evaporated while they when they became pregnant like if they'd have had that conversation not at a wedding after a day yeah. of alcohol and drama I feel like it would have gotten totally different and it would have been, I hadn't wanted a kid, but like if someone said to me, I don't want kids and I went, okay, then I really do and we need to break up. And they said, if us being together means I have to have another child, like I'll do that. Yeah. That's romantic as hell. Well, yeah, exactly. They're, like you say, you have to have compromise in some ways and, and some things you can't compromise over. And, and Richard has, he's gone, look, I didn't really want kids, but if it means us not being together, I will do it all again for you because... It's not a, a, a sticking point where he's like, no, I absolutely do not want. It's the worst thing I could ever imagine. He's like, well, I've done it before. I kind of don't want to do it again, but I don't mind. Yeah, we, we don't explore Richard's logic enough to fundamentally understand why. We're just kind of told he doesn't want kids, except that he doesn't want kids. It's a deal break at the end. Well, I, I kind of get it from his point of view. Like he, he did it, you know, with... You know, his previous wife, and he never imagined he would be in this situation he's in now, I guess. Uh, so he's like, you know, I've, I've done that, those life goals of, you know, I've got my college degree, I've got my house, I've got my car, I've got my kids, blah, blah, blah. So he's like, I've ticked off all the boxes already. But at the same time, like, he is willing and open to consider it again. And, and if he's willing to do that, instead of going, you know, if I have to, and her, I wouldn't say freaking out, but basically going, well, no, you said that too many times, it's off. They could have gone, well, let's talk about it more. And maybe it grows on him more. And he's like, actually, no, you know what? This would be a good idea. Well, I think it, it, it's about who's putting in more effort at this point. Yeah. So Richard has told you that he doesn't want to raise another child and he wants to enjoy these, the later years of his life. Yeah. You're saying, I want kids and I want kids with whom he wants to have a kid with me. And it's like, well, you're... Monica's not really putting anything forward or, to, or sacrificing anything in no. this situation. She's just saying, well, you've not phrased things the way I would prefer you to have phrased them, so the end. Whereas Richard has already said, all right, and if, if, if you need it, I mean, he doesn't say if you need it, but he says, if I have to, I'll do it. But if you've had that conversation a couple of times and you know, actually spoke to probably about it, I feel like it would have came down to, if that's what you need, that's what we'll do. Yeah. And the, I mean, again, we wouldn't have, again, we're ruining the show, Mark, by making this relationship work. <laughs> or, or, or we're making it better by making the relationship work. Then we wouldn't have Monica and Chandler. Ooh, that, that's, that's a tricky one, right? I do find it funny, though, when people on like, the memes are like, don't worry, girls, just because you've lost your Richard <laughs> yes. means you can find your Chandler, and I'm like, you're not making the point you think you are. <laughs> <Yeah>. No, <laughs> just like... I'm just like, as much as I love Chandler and, and Chandler and Monica, I'm like, no, no, Richard is 
the better one. There's something cozy about Richard. Oh yeah, there's the something. I guess, I guess it's it's the more mature, uh, more kind of. He just feels complete, I guess. Whereas Chandler is a bit hectic and. Yes. Chandler doesn't know what he wants. Like Chandler doesn't even know if he wants to get married, right? A girl I was dating at one point called me, told me I make her feel safe. Right. Which she meant as this like massive, like omega level compliment. And I took it as, am I not like sexy and passionate? Then? I, I just <laughs> we, we, we discussed this with the Ross episode of yep. not being an animal. And I think it's the thing like if, you know, from male perspective, I thought my perspective being dumb. Um, Richard gives you the sense that you feel safe. Yeah. Chandler doesn't. Yeah. Um, so I, I'm, I'm still sad. Maybe, you know, I mean, we all know I love Celtic's lady and want her around more, but I kind of wish Richard had stayed. So Chandler then enters the coffee house uh, looking for a woman off the internet whilst Ross, Rachel and Joey look on. Uh, a beautiful woman enters and instantly Chandler thinks it could be her. Uh, thankfully, Ross brings him back down to earth because the world is just not that kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's such a brilliant line. <laughs> it is. And it's, it's also kind of adds to like, the, the judgmental nature actually, towards the internet back then as well. Yes. Uh, a little bit of like, oh, what? Like, no one that hot's going to be on the internet. <laughs> no, no. It's all, it's all ugly single cat ladies, isn't it? Like, that's, yeah. Uh, instead, we get the back of a woman's head and then we finally see that it is. Oh, my God. Oh my god. Yeah, it's it's such a great <laughs> moment. It's anytime Janice appears is a fantastic moment in my book. But this one, I don't care who you are, no one saw that coming. Well, if you think of like the, the Ross and Rachel relationship, no, sorry, Chandler and Janice relationship is has got, you know, the highs and lows that Ross and Rachel have. Yep. And yeah, no one expects this moment. When he's talking to his mystery woman, no one's thinking about Janice nope. at all. You're just like, oh, I wonder who it could be. And, you know, you think, oh, maybe it's a celebrity or it's going to be just random romantic woman. Like Janice. And it's, it's so perfect. And they do it a couple of times where Janice always pops around just at the worst moment, I guess. Yep. Uh, but, you know, there's the sink about them that's just intertwined, I guess. And then when Chandler kisses her and we get an oh, my God, from the gang. Yes. It's just like, you, you did a turn around. And like, it's, it's, it's just like monumentally happy moment in the show. Like, and I think this is the time where, like, OMG became big. Okay. Like, be- before this time, like, I don't remember people saying it or or saying, oh, my God. Like, I think Janice basically cemented it in, you know, culture. Fair. And after the credits and after Janice and the Chandler kiss, uh, Ross, for some reason, feels uh, guilty about not being a good friend, barges into the boys' apartment to kiss Joey. Uh, he just goes straight in there, doesn't even ask Joey for consent first. And although there is no passion, uh, is Ross just a bad kisser or was the, the passion offset because uh, because David and Matthew were... You know. Well, you know, Joey, Joey teaches us that early on. <laughs> yeah. Uh, turns out the audition was this morning, though, and Joey didn't get the part, so Ross didn't need to be a good friend after all. Yeah. I mean... I, I like that that Ross steps up, um, but only because I like the idea that Ross spent the, like the, the couple of days just kind of sat there going, "Just kiss Joey." No, it's weird, but just be good, just be a friend. I like that Joey that in the end. Ross went, "You know what? I'm going to do it." It is weird because like Joey's not brought it up, and he's just like, "You know what? I'm just turning up, and I'm doing it now." 
like no questions and joey is surprised but yeah he's like but yeah that's fine yeah, cool <laughs> you'll do uh, the, the the subplot where Joey has to kiss a man was originally intended to be uh, a story about Joey auditioning for a role of an uncircumcised man. Um, and then the rest of the group would then come up with various ways of making him look the part. But network censors felt that like, this subplot would have been tasteless and recommended chase, changing it. I feel like somewhere I've seen footage of this where they built like a prop. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh dear! Am I getting episodes confused, Mark? Well, I was about to say this is either a bit, or you've just ruined us for our friends' knowledge, uh, because you know the the uncircumcised actual audition subplot was then actually later used in the one with Ross and Monica's cousin in season seven. There we go. See, I knew I wasn't going crazy. Uh, like, this happened. Yeah, yeah. Mon- Monica builds multiple props out of meat and food stuff. Yeah. In different shapes and styles, uh, it gets a little graphic in a, in a sense. The network are right, though. It is tasteless. <laughs> you think so? Just, I just, it's too crude, I think. It's beneath friends. I, I guess it's, it's a very American thing to, to talk and think about. Uh, but I think that's a time that we can deal with in a few years' time in season seven. <laughs> I don't want to talk about <laughs> it right now. talk about penis, isn't it? <laughs> no. Uh, Mindy in this is uh, is actually played by a different actress, um, Jaina Marie Hupp, uh, and is different to the one that was in you know the one with the evil orthodontist, where she's played by Jennifer Grey. Is it that Jennifer Grey? I don't know. The- I, I'm I'm terrible with actors' names and faces and all sorts, right? You say Jennifer Grey to me, I think Dirty Dancing. I don't know. Uh, yeah, as soon as you you messed up. Uh, knowing, knowing it, about a major storyline, it was it, yeah. It, uh, why didn't you do some research while I, I tell you a bit more information? It is it is dirty dancing Jennifer Grey. Okay. Um, she had a bit of her body part changed. She didn't have a penis circumstance there. <laughs> uh, so obviously Jennifer Grey became famous on Dirty Dancing and was really self conscious about her nose. Um, and after the the show, had a nose job. Okay, except. It's Hollywood and casting and the whole way you get casted in things is to be recognisable. So she would turn up at auditions but people didn't know who Jennifer Grey was but they would recognise Dirty Dancing Girl. Except she didn't look like that anymore because she had a nose job. Right. Um, and it basically destroyed her career overnight. She just couldn't book parts. Oh, wow. And she's getting some TV work nowadays and doing some stuff and she's had a conversation with her daughter about it. But yeah, she had a, a nose job and it basically ruined her career because... She had quite a prominent nose, but she looked like the Dirty Dancing Girl, and well, she ruined I, it. I've I've noticed that recently in in TV and adverts that they tend to pick people who they might be attractive, but there's something about them very unique. Where you're like, oh, there's you look unique. Like you you can be attractive, but you're not just like beautiful blonde, blue eyes. There's just like this this peculiar look to you. Yeah, it like kind of stands out. High fashion models or perfume adverts where they're not, they're definitely not an unattractive person, but like they'll smile and there'll be a big gap in their teeth, which traditionally you'd be like, why is that person a model? Yeah. But then it's interesting. Yeah. Maybe because you see so many generic looking filtered people on Instagram yeah. that someone having, I guess what you'd call a quirk is seen as, oh, that's cool. That's an interesting thing about them. So obviously Mindy has a different actress playing her. Uh, this also, of course, happened with Carol where uh, Jane Sibbett uh, replaced Anita Barone. Um, so yeah, like Friends does change actors here and there. Like I, I don't notice generally, uh, but I, I I feel like I'm a little bit face blind when it comes to people. It takes me a long time to recognise people. Well, we know that you don't mind actor swapping 
but you don't like doubling up. No. You don't like it when we get the same actor do two separate roles. No, because I recognise them. <laughs> then doing... you recognise them. Yeah, like you managed yeah. to recognise yeah. <laughs> Joey's agent as both yeah. that and a midwife. Yep. But oh, two different Mindys and you're like, who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then the, the lead singer and the band in uh, Barry and Mindy's wedding also performed in Chandler and Monica's wedding. Uh, and then the best man states that the same band also booked for Rachel and Barry's wedding, which was the one that she fled in the pilot. Ah. Uh, and then this is sadly a final episode with the Rachel hair. The Rachel hair. Which apparently she really hates. Uh, she's come out in multiple interviews and been like, yeah, I absolutely hated my hair then. It's like, that was like the big thing. Everyone wanted Rachel hair. Maybe that's why. Yeah, maybe, yeah. It might, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, it's just my hair. Then all of a sudden, every, every 10 steps you walk on, I notice trends in hair and it annoys me. Um, like, like, uh, like the 90s bowl cut. <laughs> well, like, there'll be like a certain highlight style or there'll be a certain like hairstyle. Um, and then suddenly I'll see one person with it. And then two weeks later, like every woman or bloke's got the same hairstyle. And I'm like, oh. Well, yeah, there's like the David Beckham kind of shaves. And then there was the, the bean bag, uh, not bean, bean bag, the bin bag looking one from the tennis player where it's all like just knotted up in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> it looks a bit silly, right? Um, and th- this episode uh, shows the second male on male kiss in the series. Uh, Joey having kissed Chandler on the lips in The One with the Monkey. Uh, the first and second full on screen female on female kiss occurs in The One with Rachel's Big Kiss when Melissa Phoebe kissed Rachel. Uh, however, Monica and Rachel kiss off screen to get their apartment back in the one with all the haste. So there is, there is a diagram out there of who's kissed who. Uh, and I, f- I forget the way it goes, but basically they've all kissed each other apart from, I think it's Joey who hasn't kissed someone. Or it might, no, it's, no, it's going to be Ross. No, no. No. no, no he, your, your brain would like to think that Ross is <laughs> Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah, I, I, forget, I, forget, I forget who it is right now, but there is one character who hasn't kissed every single other one, but everyone else has kissed everyone else. Yeah. So there's a nice little diagram out there. Um, and, you know, that's it. That's the end of uh, the episode for season two finale. I mean, it's, it's a weird finale, but it... Also kind of makes sense. At this point, they knew they were getting a third season. They knew stuff was carrying on. It, it wasn't like a, this potentially could be the end of our show. Like you need to find a way of trying to wrap it up. Well, it's, um, it's, it's also one of the seasons that doesn't end with a Ross and Rachel finale. Thank God. Yeah, but we get a Janice and Chandler finale instead. And, and I guess we get the kind of Richard, Monica finale, but I don't, I don't think that's quite that strong at this point. Because you're not there going, oh, will they still be together next season? Yeah, I think, like as you touched on, we would like more conversation there. You just kind of assume that they've had a falling out in in episode three, season one. We'll see them work it out. Yeah. You don't, I, you know, I didn't see that as, oh, that's definitely the end then. Um, I I really like this episode, though. It's it's quite fun. There's, There's a lot of funniness. Rachel definitely gets to shine quite a lot. She does. Uh, with singing. Uh, dress tucked into her bum. Uh, yeah, there's, there's a lot of lot of great moments, a lot of witty lines from the characters. Yes. If if anything, you know, Chandler gets sort of sidelined. Like he, his story is kind of low key till right at the end. Yeah, he, it's almost pointless. But if Janice is the payoff and I get more Maggie Wheeler on yeah. screen, I'm officially in. Yep. So yeah, it, it's it's a great final episode, and you know we're heading into season three now, where I think we're full steam ahead at this point. And certainly the first episode is a banger. 
See, I didn't realise how highly regarded season three of the show is. And like, so you've always sung its praises. And then I showed other people about it. And like, oh, season three is amazing. And I'm like, is it? Like, is everyone, everyone loves season three? Um, but I suppose it is, when you look at what happens in the season, it is the season of Friends. Yeah. Like the, the first season is them just kind of finding their way. Second season is cementing that. And then the first season is like, right, how do we go bigger and better? And yeah. they, they definitely do with, with the laughs, the, the action, the scenes. The drama. The drama, definitely. Uh, yeah, so I really like this episode. I've got no issues with it. No, I mean, I got, I got a big... I like surprises, and Janice was a giant surprise. Yeah. So I can't, I'm smiling now just thinking <laughs> yeah. about my reaction to seeing Janice. And I've seen the episode before, but it's been so long since I've seen it, I'd forgotten it was Janice. So I got to experience the surprise all over again. And I was like, it's amazing! Because <laughs> yeah. I, I love Janice. She's amazing. Uh, well... If you've enjoyed our season two look back over friends, uh, you know, why don't you give us a comment? Tell us what you liked, what you didn't like, what you'd like to see for, for season three from us. Um, having, having feedback, uh, as long as it's not you telling us that uh, Ryan needs to know more friends knowledge and know that, yes, making props of penises is actually in the episode. Sometimes I make things up in my head. I, I think this is the, the problem, right? So, some some people are very into friends, which I guess I would like to say we are. There's a lot of episodes out there. Yep. There's a lot of content you've seen over the years, right? Ooh. And some things just merge together and you're like, is that a thing? Prior to starting the podcast, because I've seen friends a lot, it wasn't a show that I would stop and start i'm not one of the people that starts season one episodes one watches the final season final episode and then goes no well, no i'm not season one episode yeah. one again like there's almost no show i do that with um i've probably seen buffy more than any other tv show but even then i'll get to the end of season seven and go cool and then maybe i watch some angel but i won't watch buffy oh, it might again be multiple years past right yeah I, I feel like friends is one of those tv shows where especially in the uk you dip in and out of it. You don't go, right, today, Netflix, going to watch the next episode. It's, oh, it's on Channel 4, 7pm. Yeah, I'll, I'll put it on in sort of the background. Yeah. And I will pay half attention to it. But it's not like I'm seeing it for the first time again. Like, I know all the laughs, I know all the jokes. Yeah, if I'm flicking through the channels and Friends is on, it's something I probably won't skip past. I will go, right, I'm watching it, Friends is on, yeah. cool. But it will be, A, they're not always aired in... No, never. No, no. And if even if they were, I might watch two episodes of season seven, and then I might not encounter friends while I'm flicking through the channels again until it's on season two and they've rotated all the way yeah. around. And I'm like, so I watch it all out of order. So there's some times where I'm like, you could you could tell me something happens in Friends, and I go, oh, okay, you could make the hobby go. Yeah. I might not remember. But you know, we would definitely like your feedback to know how we can be better, or maybe we're we're absolutely amazing. I don't I don't think we are. Uh, but yeah, we would love your feedback. You can write to us at. Uh, the website watchingfriends.com there's a little contact form there you might trust we'll we will even reply to you how how nice is that yeah uh you can message us on twitter and facebook at watch friends pod that's always nice and uh you can talk to us on our patreon as well which is patreon.com forward slash watching friends there's multiple tiers there so there's a little tip jar tier uh perfect timing right We've done season two. If you really enjoyed uh, our season two, look back, you know, send us send us a quid or a dollar or whatever, uh, just to say, cool, thanks, really enjoying it. Uh, there's other tiers on there. There's the five pound tier where you can get ad-free versions of this show. So that's saving you precious minutes and you get access to exclusive content. So we're going through Joey. 
We have other bonus episodes that go up as well. We do. And if you really love us and you definitely don't want us to disappear ever, I really, really have enjoyed this. Uh, there's the £20 tier where you become a producer of the show and we get to read out your name and some other things that we do just for you. We could even potentially get you on the show. Yep, just definitely. Yeah, we, we, we've always talked about we want to have more guests. I think for season three, we're already planning some guests uh, because thanks to the couple of patrons we've got and certainly the, the money we get from the adverts here that they've paid for the third microphone. We've got a few people who definitely want to come on mm-hmm. and there's quite a few people I want to message other podcasts and get them on too. Fair. So yeah, so so let us know what you think of, of the show because uh, it, it's all good feedback and it helps us. And, you know, we like talking to our fans and interacting with you. Yeah, it's fun times. Otherwise, you can find me at fuzzballs.co where I draw little cute animals. There's like comic strips and put them on merch. So check that out. That I think you, think you'll enjoy that. And where can we find you, Ryan? As always, at gamehype.co.uk for sorts of gaming and all sorts of nerdy shenanigans. You can also find me on the Hype from Outer Heaven podcast as well. So thank you for sticking with us for another 24 episodes, hopefully. Maybe this is your first episode. Uh, I hope you really enjoyed it. And we will be back next week with Season 3, Episode 1, where uh, it's a very Star Warsy it is focused the, episode. The one with the Princess Leia fantasy. I, is that a Ryan tangent? Is it the episode? We'll find out. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's one of your fantasies Both. as well. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's it's an absolute classic episode. Uh, I can't wait to get started. So we will chat to you in a week's time. Cheerio. Goodbye. <laughs>